Hello, my name is Tracy. Welcome back to Growing Up Womanless. Today, I'd like to talk about the betrayal of my stepmother. My stepmother came into my life when I was like nine years old. She was very nice to me. And she was just always kind and generous to me. And she would fix my hair. She would grow my hair. Because by the time I got to her, my biological mother was mentally not there. Her emotions were all damaged. So my stepmom, so my mother, my biological mother wasn't able to really take care of my hair. And so when my stepmom came along, she immediately tuned into my hair and she started shampooing it. She would braid it and she would wash it. And eventually my hair started growing. And so when I got into high school, I had hair that was down to my, it was to my shoulders. And um, that, of course, had never been, you know, because I was, like I say, running around the town, running around the neighborhood like a wild weed because my mother, by this time, after her dad had sexually molested her, starting from the age of six to 12, she was mentally not there anymore. She was mentally just broken down in her emotions and she wasn't able to take care of me. So when my stepmother came into the picture, she was very attentive. Um, She was strong, you know, she was on the surface it appeared to be her emotions were in check. So she knew what to do. She was capable of taking care of me. And her and I, you know, we grew close because she always wanted a daughter. And she just had three sons. And um, so when she had me, I was nine years old. So I'm like still young enough to mold into shape and to train, you know. And I liked her, you know, because at that age, I needed a woman figure in my in my life I needed a mother like type figure in my life you know I was starting to grow up you know come out of those ages of being rough and tomboyish (laughs) and she came alone at the right time to help me come out of that um that little rough stage and so her and I we grew really really close I used to watch television with her. You know, she would ask me to come watch certain um, television programs with her. She would ask me to watch, uh, I remember the Imitation of Life, that movie. And um, I I would just do a lot of watching TV with her at her request. She would ask me, Tracy, do you want to come watch TV? Or she would say, Tracy, this is coming on. You know, this is, you know, you want to see this? Or I want you to see this, you know. And so her and I became really close. She would buy my clothes. Um, Her and I would go out to eat. She would teach me um, etiquette in regards to the different silverware to eat with and which food to eat with, you know, the different uh, silverware to eat with different food. For instance, like soup. She taught me how to eat with the soup spoon and how to eat soup. And 
I really enjoyed that because that was like a new experience for me learning about the different silverware to eat with and that each silverware has a purpose and a food for it to eat with, right? So that was nice. And we were just, we were close. We were really, really close. Um, we would go to the grocery store together. She put me in um, dance class. And so I was in dance class uh, uh, with me and my friends. You know, we all had joined this dance class. And and from all of us joining, the dance, the school, the dance instructor had performed a group. And we were called Brown Sugars. <laughs> Oh, wow. So we had our little black shirts on with our little name, brown sugar and gold letters. And um, that my stepmom would come, her and my dad would come to my performances. And it was nice to know that they were out there in the audience, you know, supporting me in that way. However, now that I think about it, when I would sign up for different stuff like track and um, when I would sign up for stuff, they were never there. You know, I did my track uh, meets. um, I would be running track and my parents, my stepmom wouldn't be there. My dad wouldn't be there. So I would win medals and ribbons and I would take them home. And for some odd reason... I would always give my medals and my ribbons to my mom, to my stepmom. I would never take my medals and my ribbons and put them in my room. I just always gave it to her. When I look back, now I was giving them to giving my ribbons to her and my medals because I wanted her attention. I wanted her and my dad's attention. I wanted them to pay attention to me. I wanted them to be supportive of me in the arena that I had put myself. And I was I was yearning for it. And that attention was never there. And each time I won my medal, I would hand it over to her and I just wanted her to be so proud of me and so happy and my dad so proud of me and so happy that the next meet that I had, my next track meet, they would be there. You know, and I think if they would have started being there, that I would have started keeping my own medals and my own ribbons in my own, in my room, in my own room. But being that they weren't there, I kept giving out because I wanted that attention from them. And I guess that's just how it is when you know you're not being fed a certain way. Then you start living on the, you take your insides and you start living it on the outside. And you give people your power, your power to make yourself happy, your power to smile when nobody else is smiling because you have, you know, maybe you excelled somewhere you know and and everybody's not happy because you excel but you got to be happy you know you have to be happy within yourself so you know my stepmother and I we were just so close we would sit outside and this was another side that I started to see of her we would be sitting outside in front of our yard and everybody that walked by she talked about 
And she didn't talk about him in a nice way. She talked about him in a bad way. Everybody, I mean, all our neighbors, she didn't have anything nice to say about not one of them. But the shocking moment of learning this other side of her is when my sister, because my sister used to live in the same neighborhood we lived in. She lived around the corner. So she had to pass by our house. Or she didn't have to, but she would always pass by our house. There were many ways. It was another way that she can get to her house, but she would pass by our house. And when she passed by one time and... My stepmother, we were sitting out there, we waved to her. And the moment she left, my stepmother started talking about her. And I was like, wait a minute, what is going on here? You know, why is she talking about my sister so boldly in front of me? And why is she talking about her stepdaughter so boldly to the dad that, the stepdad I mean, the, the man that she's married to, this is his daughter. Why was she so comfortable doing that? And so when she did that, I just was like, I, I was shocked, you know. Here I am, probably by this time I was probably about 13, maybe 14 years old. But I was shocked. I was like, Dad, you know, even though there were times when she used to call all of us crazy, Mac, your kids are crazy, but this just this particular t- time for her just talking about my sister like that, it just really did something to me. From that moment on, it was just telling me like there's no limit to what this lady will do and what she'll say about me and my siblings. It's just no limit to it. And so I looked at her differently from that point. I didn't look at her the same anymore. Even though her and I still did the same things, my attention, my my deep down inside of dealing with her was not the same. It had changed something inside of me. Because the bad thing about being around that type of spirit of talking about people and gossiping about people is you too will start gossiping and talking about people. It would just come up out of you because being so young, being that I was so young, those were seeds that were being planted on my heart. <clears throat> those were seeds that were being planted inside of me that I didn't know were being planted inside of me. To one day grow up and to me grow up and then I too would be talking about people, you know, and it's not good. It's not good at all. You know, I'm going through healing right now and I'm asking the Lord to change me. Because I look at myself sometimes and I see a, I see myself kind of like what I grew up around. I, you know, like my stepmom a little bit. I see some of her ways in me and I don't like that. Because I don't want to think of myself as being so ugly and so bitter to the point where I have to be ugly and bitter with everything that comes out of my mouth. And so that's the whole thing about me starting this podcast is because in life, I realized that people won't be there for you. People will hurt you. People will betray you. People will leave you. And there's nothing that you can do about that. There's nothing that you can do about it. You cannot control what happens on the outside of you, but you certainly and you definitely can change what is happening on the inside of you.
Meaning that you can start taking back all your outside experiences and you can start healing each and every one. The time you were rejected, the time you were denied, the time you were abandoned, the time you were left, the time you were told you weren't good enough, the time you were talked about and you heard the talk about because it came back to your ears. Any hurt and hurting moment in your life and any paining moment in your life that went into your heart, you and me and I, you and me, you and I, right? You and I can change that. We can change the pain of it all and just turn it around and use it like a springing board to be better. And that's what I choose to do. I choose to be better. And not bitter. I do not want to be the same person that I was yesterday. So I, you know, I want to heal and I want other women that didn't grow up with a whole bunch of support from other women in their life. Or I want to heal from women that you were betrayed by your mother, your grandmother, your sister, or whoever, your friend girl, you were betrayed. I want to heal and I want you to heal from those type of type of experiences. Because at the end of the day, we are living in an un, uh, in a world that is very imperfect. Imperfect world, imperfect circumstances, imper- imperfect circumstances, situations, and imperfect people. And there's nothing we could do about it but change ourselves. My stepmother wasn't a bad person in the sense she was very smart. She was smart. But she had issues. And her issues, instead of her dealing with them, she kept pointing on the outside. If she would have dealt with her issues, I'm sure she would have been a a better woman. You know? Dealing with our issues makes us better. Blaming people keeps us sick. You know? And so when we learn that We can go through life, we can go through different experiences with different people, and we can come out better. That's the only way to go. So I hope this has helped someone. I hope if you're on a healing journey, you continue to heal and you just keep making those milestones in your healing. Because it is very possible to be different. It's very possible to be somebody else. It's very possible to be the person that God has put you here to be. It's very possible for you and it's very possible for me. So thank you. Let's chat it out. Talk it out. Text it out. (laughs) Let's just get this stuff out. Thank you. Hello, my name is Tracy. Welcome back to Growing Up Womanless. Today I would like to talk about growing up without any emotional support from the different women in my life, my mother, my stepmother, and to, you know, my dad wasn't a woman, but he was a man, and I didn't get any emotional support from him either. So I guess you could say this show is about just growing up supportless. And I just so happen to be a woman. 
Not having any emotional support kept me feeling like I couldn't really achieve anything. I just felt like, what am I put here to do? And even can I do it? Can I achieve it? I never felt like that I could. I just felt like things were always insurmountable for me. And it was just so far-fetched. To the point, I just felt like, not a loser, but I just felt like my hands were tied and that there was a wall blocking me. And I couldn't kick the wall down, couldn't knock it down, and couldn't climb over the wall. So feeling like that, I often just settled for less. I settled for less jobs, jobs that didn't have any growth, not enough money, no benefits. I settled for poor relationships with men, men that were mentally and emotionally abusive. And I was always on the other end of trying to please them or please the situation, keep it peaceful, all because I didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't feel like a high achiever, you know. um, So it was hard. It was a struggle. And even though there were people around me who were achieving, They were achieving their goals and, you know, going to school, going back to school, getting what they needed to get, getting their degrees or certificates. And I would be looking at them, you know, and just like in awe and shock, like, gosh, how could they do it? And why can't I do it? I was always wondering that. It just seemed like what they were doing was healthy, but I couldn't relate to it. And so I always kept myself in low, low, low positions. After graduating high school, my uh, brother had asked me, what do I want to do now? What do I want to be? And I just told him, I said, I don't know. And his response was me to, his response was, don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. And I was so, you know, happy to hear that. And that gave me something to hold on to. Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Many moons went by and I still hadn't figured out what am I going to do? Based off of that, I was wearing my low self-esteem and she was winning in every area of my life. My relationships, housing, jobs, everything. My low self-esteem was winning. Even though at the time I didn't know that I was battling low self-esteem, you know. You really don't know a whole lot until it just keeps coming up. It kept coming up. Why am I at these dead-end jobs? Why am I in this dead-end relationship that men are, you know, don't mean me no good. They planning a marriage with another woman. 
Or are they walking away from me? <laughs> you know, it's like, what is going on? What is up with me? Um, instead of my parents asking me, what do I want to do when I grow up? Instead of my dad asking me, Tracy, what do you want to do? Instead of my stepmom saying, Tracy, what do you want to do? I just found that it was really odd that my brother asked me, what do I want to do? And that was the type of household that I came from. A household where my parents didn't buy into you. They didn't put anything into you. They didn't say you can do it. What do you want to do with yourself? Let's sit down and let's plan a, 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 an avenue. Let's chart out a goals for you to achieve so you can be successful in this life. They just had, my dad had five children. He just had kids, but he didn't have no course for his kids to be successful. Even though he's an older man in this world and you know that in this world it's rough, it's tough, and that if you don't have the tools necessary to be successful, then you fall in the cracks of this world and then it's harder for you. Knowing all that, he still didn't put anything in me. He, di- he still didn't say, Tracy, you could do this. You could be this. You could be anything. He didn't do any of that. My dad just kept moving us from different women that always hated his kids. They hated us. And so they would always plot and plan to get us whooped and beat to beat with marks all over our legs and blood pouring out of our legs because he's beating us with the stinching cord all in order to appease these different women. My stepmother was a successful woman. She was a LVN, very smart, sharp in the mind, not a dumb woman at all. She was either LVN or RN. I believe she was an RN. Very sharp. Never, not one time did she say, Tracy, you could be a nurse. You could be that. You could do this. You could go to school for this. You could do this. What do you want to do? There was nothing like that going on under our roof with all the children. Now, my older brother, older stepbrother, he was fortunate to have his education, to get his education from my dad and my stepmother. But none of the other children. We were all left to kind of fend for ourselves, you know, fend for ourselves. And so when you're trying to fend for yourself, you tend to fall into patches of sticker weeds and tumbleweeds because you don't know where you belong or you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. So for me, I was just at, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I just tried to play it safe as much as possible by not trying to ruffle any feathers. I just played it safe, you know. I'll take this job. I'll do this job. I won't work. I will work. 
it was just rough. It's like if you grow up under a home and people are saying something to you, that gives you something to pay attention to. But when you're in a home and they're not saying anything to you, those silent words are saying something to you as well. You know, so when you do go out into the world, you don't know what to what to expect or how to um, handle certain things that come upon you because you were never really um, taught how to do those things. And that's how I always felt. I always felt naked. Like, how didn't know how to handle certain things because there was nothing being fed into me. There was no nothing, you know. There was no, you can be somebody. You are enough. Um, you are somebody. You have worth. You have value. There was none of that. So you walk out of that type of environment lost, you're really lost. At least I was lost. I was lost. And I didn't know how to be found. I didn't know how to be found. I didn't know what to do to get back, you know, to to achieve. I didn't know anything. So I fell into the cracks. And it was almost, for me... <laughs> As I, you know, gotten older and I could see, I look back, it was almost to me like it was a setup. It was a setup for me to be lost and to not know anything. Because if you as a parent know some things, the thing to, for you to do as a parent is to pass that information on to your children. You pass it on. You let them know about certain things. You don't just have children... And don't say nothing to them. And just, they go on to the world. They're in this world and they don't know anything. You know, I listen to podcasts, other podcasts, and I hear people say the relationship that they have with their dad or their mom, you know, and it's healthy. I can't even relate to those type of relationships because having a, I didn't have a relationship with the adult figures in my life. It was a very poor and unhealthy relationship. So I felt like a low achiever. I didn't feel like I was a high achiever because I wasn't a high achiever. I didn't know what the heck I was doing with my life. I didn't know. I would start something, stop it. Start, stop. Because I didn't know, you know, the value of holding on to something to the end. No matter what it is. You just hold on to it and it'll pay off when you hold on to it. I had no idea that that's how life worked. You hold on to something good and you just ride it out to the end and you'll see the benefits of it. It will come around and it will pay off. Nobody told me those valuable words, just simple, valuable words like that. This is what you do. Hold on. Can you imagine growing up in a household where you have two parents there? But none of them are putting any life experience in you based off of what they learned in life. You're going to produce a lot of kids that are low achievers. And even if they achieve, they're going to be high achievers going, 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 going for the goal because they want that attention. 
You know, some kids will be high achievers, some will be low achievers. And you, both of those are off. You need balance. You need to have balance with those, uh, with that. You need to have balance because some can be overworkers. They work, 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 work all the time. And then you have some that don't want to work. That's not healthy. You have to have balance. I was a, not a worker. I would work, but I was not a worker. And I could be lazy. You know, I was lazy a lot of times. Didn't do nothing. And that's what was produced. You know, now that I'm an older woman, a, a woman, you know, that have some type of experience on me, I take full responsibility for my life now. But I'm saying it's like, as a parent, when you're, you are raising kids, you do have a responsibility to put certain things in those children, to say certain things to them. I cannot ever recall my dad saying anything good to me. Nothing, nothing positive. I signed up for track. I ran track. I did a lot of things and I was never, I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. It was never any of that. My dad seemed like he was afraid to say anything good to me because my stepmom would give him a look or it, were, or it was this, uh, it was this aura in the room that you know, don't you do say too much to her. You know, it was like this, this feeling that was always there. You know, my dad, he couldn't hug me. And we were hugging and she came around. We would just, you know, let go of embrace. We wouldn't em- embrace each other. You know, we would let go really quickly because she would be sitting there looking at us like we're doing something wrong. So it's only now that I know a little bit more about life having fallen down so many times and and fallen down through the cracks and fell down, fallen down and, you know, getting back up and learning about life that um, I know a little bit more about life. But I often wished... I often, you know, it would have been nice, let me put it like that. It would have been nice to have, to know beforehand. I watch nature a lot. I love nature. I probably talked about that on this uh, podcast. But nature, when they have children, the moment their children come out, they are raising those children, raising them, and they're teaching them. They're teaching them what to eat, what not to eat, what to do, what what not to do, where to go, where to drink. They teach them immediately. And it's very, um, is they be very adamant about the teachings because they know that it's very, you know, it's where the life, it's life or death, whether they get the lessons. You know, if they eat the wrong thing, they can die. If they go in the wrong area, they can die. So they know that this is life. And this is very vital that they get these lessons. And if nature is like that, if animals is like that, human nature, you know, should be like that, right? Human nature should teach their kids. Their children should have that emotional support. I know there's no um, perfect home 
there is not a perfect home. And a lot of times when you do have two parents there, you expect it to be perfect, but it's not. And when it's not there, the children struggle. I know I struggled, and I'm still struggling in a lot of areas. But by the grace of God, he's bringing me along, and I'm coming out, and I'm learning, and I'm starting to know things. And yes, I'm still falling down, but I'm still learning, and I'm getting it. You know, and I'm learning that sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader. You have to be your own encourager. You have to be that when you don't have it. But when you're a child, you don't understand anything about that. You don't know, I got to be my own this and on my own that. You don't understand that. You expect all that to come from your parents, you know. But now, you know. Growing up parentless, fatherless, motherless, I know that I have to be my own coach. I have to be my own um, cheerleader. I have to be my own encourager. I have to be my own the one that's pushing me down the road with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he's with me. I'm not doing it by myself. He's with me. But at some time, internally, you have to just say, you can do it. I got this. I am enough. I am valuable. I am somebody. And you just have to keep pushing through, even though it's hard. Some days it's hard, you know, to do that. Because you want to revert back to that child that was neglected. But you got to love on that child and tell her, I love you. You know, I know you're having a day today. But I love you, and we're going to do this, and come on, let's come on, and let's get back up, and let's try it again. You have to talk to yourself like that, because you didn't get those conversations or those talks when you were a child. So you have to start parenting yourself. So um, I'm learning that. So thank you. For listening to my podcast, Growing Up Womanless. Growing up, up without any emotional support. Any emotional support. It's challenging, it's hard, but you know what? As long as we are living and breathing, we can keep talking it out, walking it out, texting it out. We can just keep getting this stuff out. Thank you for listening. God bless.